Today's episode of the Gaucho 9 Podcast is brought to you by Kyle's Kitchen. Kyle has got some new things on the way, so keep an eye out on social media. Check out Kyle on his Instagram page or at kyleskitchen.com. All three locations in Galena and Santa Barbara are open for business, so please go grab some lunch, grab a burger or a salad, grab some dinner, and uh, say hi to Kyle when you're there. Uh, this episode also brought to you by The Daily Nexus. There is an article about the podcast in this week's issue of The Daily Nexus. You can pick it up on campus, and you can also see it online at dailynexus.com. Uh, you can also check out their Instagram page, Daily Nexus, on Instagram. Um, I'm on page 11, the podcast on page 11. So check that out on a comparison with a great write-up. So today, before we get to today's episode with Connor Dand, who is a exceptional surfer, three-time California state champion, something I didn't know until we talked about it, but I knew he was a great surfer. So he is our guest today. And before we get into that, I wanted to do a new segment on the pod about updates. So like updates with guys in the pros. And I was kind of brainstorming with some ideas and it started out with uh, the Bieber report because he's having a great year and totally forgot that Dylan Tate was pitching as well. So it's going to turn into the major league report. And then maybe next year we'll have a minor league report. We can talk about guys uh, who are playing in the summertime and then, of course, the reports uh, during the gaucho season. So for the first edition of the Major League Report, and I'm going to do this with the, for the remainder of the Major League season, give you guys updates on Shane Bieber and Dylan Tate, and hopefully if Cal Nelson gets the call. But uh, Bieber pitched yesterday on Monday night against the Royals, and he went six innings, shocker. He struck out nine, he walked four, he only gave up one hit and allowed no runs. Unfortunately, the Indians lost. 2-1, to one, but he exited that game in a 0-0 tie. And a couple of things about Bieber. Let me just lay some numbers on you because he is a legitimate Cy Young candidate this season, and I've even heard MVP being tossed around. And the Indians, being where they are in the Central, kind of deadlocked with the Twins and the White Sox, I mean, he has been absolutely sensational. So here are some things to think about. First of all, in his starts, he has only allowed a run. He's only allowed a run in three of those starts. Just three. And he has made now eight starts. So five of the eight starts, he has not allowed a run. Not even an unearned run. He did not get scored upon until his third start of the season. And... In these games, he has been the visiting pitcher six of the eight times. So his first two, no runs. Then he allowed two and three. Then he allowed zero, zero. Then two, and then zero. And also, in his starts, he has struck out double-digit batters in five of the eight starts. The most being 14 on opening day against Kansas City. His ERA has not been above 1.63 this season. And after today's start, it sits at 1.20. So that's the Bieber report. And not to mention, not to mention that he's also 6-0. and And tonight was the first time that the Indians lost in his start. So he, they had gone 7-0 and 
when Bieber took the ball. Pretty impressive stuff from Shane Bieber in just his third season at the big league level. Dylan Tate also pitched today, and I'm recording this Monday night. And Tate against the Blue Jays went two and a third. He allowed no runs and gave up no hits, walked one and struck out two. And on his season, he's doing pretty well. Made four appearances, eight and two-thirds innings pitched. He's got nine strikeouts, 3.12 ERA, pitching for the Orioles, who were in contention for a little bit at the beginning of the season in the American League East, but they have fallen back. They're now 15 and 19. So that is your Major League Report here for the 1st of September, this being the 1st of September when you're listening to this, most likely. Um, Still a lot of baseball to be played. I think it's going to be a really exciting race down the stretch, especially with Shane pitching with the Indians, having just traded Clevenger. I mean, he's going to be at the forefront of what Cleveland does. And there's a lot of good teams in the American League, like the Yankees, the Rays, the A's, the, the White Sox, the Astros, the Twins, like lots of good teams. So it's going to be an exciting finish and Shane in some serious, serious contention for Cy Young. So that's your Major League Report. And now let's get to Connor Dan, the surf kid from San Clemente. It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America. The Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. There's the one strike pitch, and Mitchell belts us to deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. He strikes out the side for the second consecutive inning. And Armani belts it to deep center. Gauchos are going to Omaha. Can you believe it? Here's the 0 2 pitch, and a curveball is swung on him. And the score is two. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. And the Gauchos are the 2019 champions of the Big Okay, today on the Gaucho Nine podcast, we got a current Gaucho. It's one of the the first current Gauchos that we've had on the pod, and we're going to start doing a series with Gauchos who are excelling in other places outside of the field of baseball. And uh, today we got a right-handed pitcher. He is a senior, and you can describe his senior status however you want. But he's coming back for his super senior season this coming year. Uh, out of San Clemente. From Saddleback College last year he had two saves and five appearances in the 2020 shortened season a 1.23 ERA and in his career 18 appearances he has three wins no losses and a 2.28 ERA and he is an exceptional surfer please welcome to the Gaucho 9 podcast Connor Dand Connor good morning yeah Cannon stoked to be here <laughs> stoked right we're gonna be yeah. stoked a lot today pitted Hang ten, right? All those, all those things. All the goodies. <laughs> yeah, getting barrels. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not right now, but. <laughs> well, okay. Well, first off, uh, describe how your summer's been, because I've seen you a couple times. Um, you know, you're trying to get your work in, just like everybody else. So, how have you stayed busy? How have you stayed fit um, in the COVID summer of 2020? Yeah, I mean, um, went home right after. Uh, I have a little gym in my garage. I was working out there for about a month. Then came back up here probably in June and started uh, working out downtown at uh, Platinum Fitness with some of my other teammates. We um, started working out with Peter Park. Um, 
Bieber was working out there until he head back to uh to Cleveland. And so I've been doing that. Kind of hadn't stopped throwing at all. I've just been working, trying to get better. Didn't really know what was going to happen with everything going on. So um, just tried to get better every day, basically. Well, yeah, and of course you were you were draft eligible, and the draft happened back a couple months ago, and we thought that you might get your name called or or you would have some interest from free agent signings. Like, how did that go for you? Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. I mean, yeah, I talked to a lot of teams, um, had no idea what was going to happen. They were pretty lost on what was going to happen until like the few days before it on the free agent signs. Um, but yeah, I basically just kind of kept my head down and kept working to get better. Whether I was going to sign there or come back here, I just wanted to be better than I was when the season ended. It's a good frame of mind to be in. I think so, right? <laughs> well so, so so 2020 pretty good stint for you in five appearances you had those two saves you had the big two inning save against Oregon State but how did you feel out there this year in that either setup man or closer role like what was that like for you yeah I loved it honestly it was uh I just I like that adrenaline rush and just like getting my name called and getting to come in with we're up by a couple runs and I just got to put out this guy. Like the last few guys are coming bases loaded, try and get their best guy out. I honestly think it's probably one of the most fun things I've ever done. Yeah. So I was, um, it was just fun to be a part of that this year, I guess. I, I kind of want to do that again. <laughs> oh, we, we like seeing you at the end of the game, certainly with, uh, with the fastball slider combination. I think you really came into your own, this year it showed flashes of it in 2019 but really came into your own this year and we're excited to see it again in 2021 to to bolster that bullpen but the reason you're on this pod today is because you have a strong surfing past and obviously Santa Barbara has a history of surfing um, if you've seen Endless Summer or if you've seen Spoons which was a documentary made by my friend Wyatt Daly about the history of surfing in Santa Barbara. Um, I, once I figured out that you are a surfer, you know, and we talked about it a little bit during the season at one point, I think, and you comment, have you been in any waves lately, Kev, when you see me at the field? Um, unfortunately I haven't been, but that's what I want to talk about today. Um, cause surfing is, it's new for me and I really enjoy it. And I think it's, it's a really cool, I don't know. It's just, it's just a great thing because uh, you're in nature and you're in the ocean. So um, enough blabbing, but when did you first start surfing um, and how did you really take a liking to it? Um, I think first time I surfed, I was probably six. Uh, my dad's super into surfing. He's good at surfing. Um, we live right next to the beach, so we could just walk down there. But um, yeah, six years old, uh, first started surfing probably only surfed in the summers, you know, winter, fall, kind of, um, water would get cold. I would, I would play baseball actually <laughs> in those times or other sports, soccer, basketball. And then right around middle school, I, I switched middle schools. I was going to a private school and then I switched to a uh, short cliffs middle school where they had a surf team. So, uh, seventh grade, I got really into it. That's when I, um, 
basically started doing all these contests. They had a surf team. We did contests every weekend. And then from there, I just kind of like started loving it and didn't want to put it down and wanted to basically try and make a career out of it. Well, I was also playing baseball at the time. So I was going seventh and eighth grade surfing and baseball, but I started really, really getting into surfing and wanted to see what I could do with it. So um, high school rolled around and then I only, I just focused straight on surfing, doing contests, doing the high school um, like surf contests and all sorts of stuff, traveling around, doing basically every contest I could. Either it was like pro or pro or amateur or um, just the amateur contests. So is there like a season for surfing? Because, I mean, the, the big waves come in California in the wintertime. But, you know, it, it in San Diego, San Clemente area, it probably breaks year-round, right? So it's like, is there a specific season for surf competition or is it kind of just um, – it, Yeah, it's pretty year-round. I mean, they'll pick the event site based on – like seasonal waves there so we'll do contests up in like santa cruz where we'll be like in january or february where there's north swell and there's supposed to be waves there type thing and then the ones down in like san Clemente and like oceanside area are usually scattered throughout the year just because there's always waves there <laughs> so i'm thinking so like when i was a kid i grew up playing baseball i played soccer basketball like that was kind of the that was kind of the rotation, like baseball in the summer or spring in the summer, then soccer in the fall, basketball in the winter. But you're doing baseball and surfing. And I don't know, at least for me, like surfing beats me up. I'm not great at paddling. Like I'm probably not efficient. You're probably efficient with your paddles and how you move around the water. But like I can't imagine surfing and pitching at the same time. So how did you find that balance? I mean, granted you're a kid and kids can go out and do three different sports a day and, and not yeah. care and get up the next morning and do it again. But like, how did you, once you realized that you were a good baseball player and a good surfer, like how did you find that balance? Um, I didn't really like balance it at all. I was kind of just, <laughs> I had baseball practice. I was going to baseball and if not, then I was surfing. So I'd be surfing probably two. Three that is the balance. That is yeah. the balance. It's just both yeah. at the same time. Practice. I'm going to practice. If not, I'm going right into the water. <laughs> so how do how do the how do the competitions work uh, in middle school? So like, what are the what is what is the format? Yeah, those were cool. So it was like um, it was like a surf meet. So we'd meet up, unless it was state or nationals. Um, we would meet up with another school at T Street or their local break, and um, it would basically be like there'd be three shortboarders from our team versus three shortboarders of their team for one heat and basically three of those heats. And then the top scores, first place was six points and then sixth place was one point. And basically whoever had the most points at the end won that morning, won that event against the other team. And how many heat, how many, how long is a heat is it? And how many borders are in the water at the same time? Um, for those, there were six, but it could range. I mean, the, like pro tour runs two man heats and their heats are their heats are like 40 minutes. And then the ones we were doing those mornings was were 15, but it could be anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes, depending on what kind of contest you're doing. And is there like a rotation of surfers? Like you have to go in a certain order 
Um, that's starting to priority is kind of a new rule that's um, starting to be implemented. It's not really in six man heats. It's hard to do. So basically, yeah, in four man heats and two man heats, three man heats, they do priority where if you paddle for a wave, it's the next person's turn to catch the next wave, and if you get in, in his way, you get penalized. So it's not like you can be a super fast paddler and just try and swim laps around the neck around the other guy. Yeah. Right. So that was that was old school. Those guys back in the day, they would it was like a dog fight out there. They were battling <laughs> on top of each other just trying to get the waves. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean yeah. I mean that's part of it. I mean when I'm out in the water, like I'm just getting lapped constantly. Yeah. Granted I'm not out like trying to compete, but like I can see how that could be a factor. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty it gets um you get pretty bloody out there. <laughs> Guys are throwing punches underwater and stuff. Surfing, it's a contact sport. Yeah. <laughs> we we get to high school and and you stop playing baseball and concentrated solely on surfing for your first three years. And you told me before we started recording that you won three state championships. So is that a personal three cha- three state championships or, or as a team? Yeah, so I won personally won the three state champions, and then um, we also won as a team. We won those state championships those three years in a row as well, and then won national title as the with the team. Wow. Yeah. Where so where where all the trophies or the medals like where are they at? I got uh, <laughs> they're they're at my house. I got rid of probably half of them and kept the plaques and put it in like a little frame. Cause we just had there. Cause my brother has a bunch too, so we just had them scattered everywhere. So we we uh we donated them to this trophy store and then kept the we kept the bigger ones. Stop my house. That's so cool. That's something to hang on for for a lifetime for sure. Yeah, totally. I mean, California. There's lots of surfers here, especially on, along the coast. And so surf team. When you told me your high school had a surf team, that's totally new to me. Growing yeah. up in the Bay Area and going to a small private school, like, there's no way we had a surf team. But how many, you know, are there a fair amount of high schools in Southern California that have surf teams? Um, Yeah, I'd say most of the ones on the coast, uh, if it's like a bigger school, not a lot of the private schools had them. It was uh, more schools on the coast, uh, probably all mostly Orange County area and then some others scattered throughout, um, like San Diego area too. But, um, yeah, there were quite a few. And then there were schools coming over from, like, Hawaii and Florida, like, Carolina for, uh, um, like, nationals and stuff that we had in – it would be at Salt Creek every year. So all those teams would come over and it would be – there was quite a few teams. Where is Salt Creek? Salt Creek's in Dana Point. So I'm from San Clemente. Dana Point's probably 15 minutes north from me. And it's uh, – so Salt Creek is right on the Ritz-Carlton. The Ritz-Carlton's right above Salt Creek. So if you go – yeah, Ritz-Carlton, Dana Point, that's Salt Creek. Well, it's, um, so what kind of break is it? Let's talk breaks. Because okay. in Santa Barbara, you got like Rincon, Campus Point, Ledbetter, Mm-hmm. Um, Mondo's, Devereaux. I'm kind of going all over the place here. C Street, yeah. Ventura. Like, 
all those brakes are point brakes. Yeah, correct. Is that what you're riding in competition, or does it vary? Because there's there, there's like point brake where the wave breaks around the point and it's a longer wave, and then there's yeah. like a frame where they break two different ways, and there's like super steep brakes. I don't know what exactly what they're called, where it's just a, a really quick ride. Yeah, um, yeah, we do everything. I mean, mainly a lot of them are beach brakes or like um, kind of reef brake things. Uh, Salt Creek is different. It's kind of, it's like a point break that goes into a beach break. Um, but it's a left. So most of the waves up in Santa Barbara are all rights. Like right. all the point breaks are rights because of the, the islands block the south swell from making any lefts basically. But, um, for those contests, a lot of them, a lot of them beach breaks. Um, and then some point breaks scattered in there. Like what we had a few at C street, um, churches and uh uppers are also point breaks so what's your uh what's your favorite one to surf favorite type of so let's go favorite type of break and then and then like like your favorite spots i want to i want to know your favorite spots yeah um i like point breaks i mean i'm regular foot so i love it up here (laughs) do you you like going right yeah i do (laughs) (laughs) but uh my favorite spots um I live in San Clemente right next to Trestles, so I I can walk down to Cottons, which is basically like a point break left, but I'll surf there a lot because it's close to my house and pretty uncrowded. Or I can go down to Uppers, which is a point break right, and then there's, you've heard of Lowers, right? Have you heard of Lowers? I don't think so. Uh, it's a right and a left, and it's like one of, probably it's probably the best wave in California. Um, so they run a they run the world tour there like a event there every year and um it's yeah it's it's a good wave i'll try and go there every once in a while it just gets really crowded we'll be like hundreds of guys out pretty nuts. <laughs> so, so last so last night i was doing my homework for this um not on purpose kind of by mistake by accident but i, I found the endless summer by bruce brown um which is on amazon prime and I, I'd seen it before and I, I really enjoyed it. Like once I got into surfing and, uh, the, if you haven't seen it, if you're listening, and you haven't seen it, please go watch it. It's really great. It's uh it was made in 1966 and Bruce Brown, he's got some Santa Barbara ties. Uh, but at the start of the, of the film, the, the two character, the two essentially characters in the movie, they want to travel around the world, finding the perfect wave where it's always summer. So like they're traveling, following the summer season all the way around the world. And they're trying to get away from the crowds in California. <laughs> and like whenever I'm out there, I'm trying to avoid crowds. So I'm sure you're doing the same thing is just when there's a wave breaking and there's nobody out there, it's like heaven. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's what you look for. You travel around the world, go anywhere to try and get the best waves with the least amount of people. Which is hard to do nowadays. <laughs> but you have seen the end of the summer, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, classic. I I imagine you, if you're on a longboard, being able to go to the tip, or, right? Can you do tricks on your on your longboard? Um, I don't longboard very much. I'm not very good at it. I try, really? but <laughs> yeah, those guys. I don't know how they do it. I mean, I guess if I spend a little more time on it, I probably could get a little better. But I mainly shortboard, or when I do longboard, I'll 
try and hang five and hang 10, but it's usually not as graceful as them. <laughs> okay. So describe, so do you ride the same kind of board or do you kind of switch it around as far as the short board goes? Um, yeah, I've got different boards, uh, depending on how the waves are. If they're a little bigger. I'll go a little longer. If it's smaller, you kind of get your board shorter and fatter or ride, I'll ride like a twin fin every here and every now and then. Um, out at devs or something where it's kind of soft and kind of just cruising around. So, so what, so as far as the board goes, how, where the fins are, the weight, the shape and the thickness, like when you say a soft wave, how is that compared to, to different waves? Cause I, I have some kind of an idea. Um, but like, how do you choose your board based on the, the wave? Like, yeah. Um, basically, you know, like, a barrel is usually a wave that's more powerful. So I would describe it as a wave that has less of a barrel or no barrel is usually softer. Because the the barrel, like the, the force of the wave is, is forcing the, the, the wave to curl over. Right. Yeah. The force of it. And then the, the bottom, like, like what the bottom is made of uh, and how shallow it is will basically determine how much it's going to barrel or what, like, kind of what the wave is going to do. But um, I would say the more there is a barrel, the more punchy it is. And then the less there is, the softer it's going to be. So if it's a stronger wave, you go shorter, smaller, lighter board? Um, Stronger wave? Bigger wave, I would say you go longer board. Shorter smaller wave and softer wave you're going to go short and thicker okay unless you're on a long board yeah so that yeah, we're talking strictly short board here yeah yeah i mean i'm i'm i've only known a eight and a half foot board which is a long board so yeah. <laughs> the foamy <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> never go wrong with those <laughs> um okay so what's your favorite spot in in santa barbara like have you been to rincon when it's big yeah, yeah, Rincon's good. It's another one of those spots that gets pretty crowded. But um, I would say Rincon's probably one of my favorites. I'll um, run up to El Cap when it's big. It's got to be real big for El Cap to be good, but that, that wave gets really good. And it's it's close to IV, so it's about a 15-minute drive from us, which is better than Rincon's, probably 30 minutes. But um, I would say El Cap's probably my favorite. Okay. What about Sandspit? Have you seen Sandspit when it's when it's going? Yeah, so I got I've searched Sandspit once. Really? And it was super good and my second wave my board snapped. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So that's the end that's the end of the day then. Yeah, that was it. I went in I, I had about another. And it was a good thing cuz I get back to my car and uh coach texted us cuz it was raining that day so practice got canceled. But it stopped raining, so he texted us like, "Hey, practice is on." And if my board didn't break, oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of a good thing, I guess. <laughs> Man, sand spit. I've only seen it a couple times. It's it's right off of that um, sandbar at the harbor, yeah, just to the to the right of uh, of Stern's Wharf. Yeah, it's like, right off that little tip. Then like it's either it's either nothing, it's a harbor, or it's just like a raging tube. Yeah, right? the waves insane, and the takeoffs even crazier. If you uh, 
look up Sanspit videos, it's this, you have a two foot wave, three foot wave coming at you when you're taking off on a six foot draining right. That's already scary in its own. So you're <laughs> airdropping, flying through the air with 50 other guys trying to go. And then once you do that, the wave is perfect. I mean, you kind of just get barreled the whole time. <laughs> that's, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, have you been out to Hawaii and done any big yeah. trips in Hawaii? Uh, yeah, I've been to, never went to Oahu, um, which is where the North Shore is and like pipeline and stuff, but I've been to, uh, Kauai and Maui both, um, both a couple times. And, um, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, uh, different waves than we have here. I mean, they don't even surf when it's what we're, we're surfing here when it's three foot. That's basically <laughs> flat there. So <laughs> if you're going to make a name for yourself out there, you got to go surf the 10, 15 foot waves and kind of just get drilled by them <laughs> essentially and then you, you also said you also told me that you've uh, you've been out to indonesia to surf yeah so i uh went out to the mentalize in indonesia which is this uh it's these chain of islands where it's basically probably best waves in the world i mean what some people would say and it's uncrowded um but yeah 40 hours to get there or 30 hours flight and then um 10 hour boat ride and basically was out there for 10 days and just scored perfect waves with my dad and some friends and their dads. And there was a little boat crew and they're all super cool. None of them spoke any English. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was cool. We caught some fish and those guys made uh, some like sashimi out of it. And um, yeah, it was a memorable experience for sure. That's great. Yeah. I, my discovery of surfing has been, it's been very eye-opening and it's like, it's another thing that, I mean, I love being outdoors and doing things. And, and like, once I found surfing, it was like, wow, like I'm surprised I didn't try this sooner. Cause there's, I mean, it's just another excuse to go travel somewhere cool, see a different coastline, see a different wave, like meet people. There's a total community aspect to it. If I'm yeah. not mistaken, I mean, right like if you you come from a certain break and if you travel around the world like they've chances are they've heard of it or know people that come from it yeah totally i mean you go places and like people will know the same people you do which is really weird but it's like oh you're from here like do you know them it's like yeah how do you know them and he's like oh he was here last year or whatever or like you go to like in australia basically surfing's like their top sport so they're everyone there surfs and like they put um like a lot of money into making their waves really good so people are always wanting to travel there and go surf but they'll basically pump sand out of their harbors onto their really good waves to make their good waves better just because the wow. sport's so big there now <laughs> yeah have you ever been in a, a wave pool like the kelly slater wave pool no no i haven't yet but um yeah, they're popping up everywhere now. <laughs> Kelly's got that one, which is insane. And then there's some smaller ones that they're making where it's just like a quick, uh, like air section or quick barrel. But um, there's probably three or four of those ones now. I had a friend of mine who's served for a long time go into one of those, and he was like, "It's it doesn't feel like a wave. It's yeah. It's hard. He said it was hard to describe. Like I couldn't explain it to you, but it just doesn't feel like a wave that's in the ocean. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard it's it's pretty trippy like <laughs> it kind of just pops out of nowhere off this uh basically just pops out of the wall <laughs> yeah. yeah it's nuts <laughs> totally nuts 
Do you yeah. have um do you have like a favorite surfer? Um I'd say right now, um I kinda I, I like watching John John surf, John John Florence, um or Dane Reynolds when he's putting out edits. Dane Reynolds is from uh he's from Ventura. Uh so I'll see him out in the water at times. I don't know him, but he'll be out there at some points. Um I'd probably say both those guys. Okay. Those are those are good names to watch out for. Yeah. Um, man, I, I can't believe that you took three years off of of baseball and you pitch your senior year. You wind up at Saddleback and now you're pitching for the Gauchos. Like, what a career! Yeah. <laughs> what what a yeah. career. Well, I guess la- last uh, last question. What what made you get back into baseball and why did you want to pursue it? Um. Honestly, I just missed it so much. I was um. Uh, probably my junior year, started playing wiffle ball in my front yard a lot with my brother and my dad and all my friends would come over. And I was just like, I can't not see what happens trying to do this. And it just so happened to work out that my dad, um, uh, my dad's a chiropractor. So he, uh, one of his patients was the high school coach and basically just asked him if I can come throw a bullpen. And then I was like, yeah, I'd love to basically. And, uh, yeah, I just ended up working out. I don't know how, but yeah, I'm stoked. <laughs> and the beauty of it is you, you play baseball as long as you can, and then you can jump right back in the water. Exactly. The rest I'll, of your I'll life. There. <laughs> it's, it's one of those sports like golf where you you may not be able to hit it as far, you know, 30 years down the road, but you can still play. And it's yeah. like you may not be out there surfing 15-foot waves, but you're still out there. Totally. Like, uh C Street, when my friends and I go to C Street, we usually go on like a Sunday morning and there's always the same same crew of guys that are down there and they're you know, they're in their like sixties and seventies. They've been surfing there for sixty years. But they get out there and they have a blast and they just love it. So that's a long way from now. You don't have to worry about that. But yeah, always gonna be there though. <laughs> saying, surfing it's a it's a life lifelong gig. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um well, let's see. What are you looking forward to most uh, this upcoming year, Connor? I just want to have a full season. <laughs> yeah. Keep winning. Yeah. Take the hopefully go to Omaha, win the College World Series. I mean, it sounds like we're on our way to do it this year. We got the same team plus some, so just looking forward to winning some games and getting the team chemistry rolling again and just having a good time. I like the sound of that. All right, Connor, I'll I'll let you go. Uh, This is fun talking about surfing. Uh, We'll do it again. Epic. Thanks, Cannon. All right. That's Connor Dan. Thanks, Connor. All right. Thank you to our sponsor, Kyle's Kitchen, and thank you to the Daily Nexus. Connor Dan, I mean, he is impressive on the mound, and considering that he – skipped three years of high school baseball to surf, won three state championships, and then decided that he wanted to give pitching a go and really try and make it in college. And now he has wound up at one of the premier pitching programs in the country and doing what he's doing at the back end of the bullpen. Really, really cool stuff. Um, so hope you enjoyed that. I certainly did. It's fun to talk surfing, uh, especially in Santa Barbara and having myself being ingrained in in the Santa Barbara surfing history. It's It's been really fun to learn about. So one thing to note, 
we have created a Twitter page for the podcast at Gaucho Nine Podcasts. That'll be on Twitter too. So down the road, I do want to start some kind of conversation on Twitter where at least listeners can chime in and maybe offer suggestions of stuff that they want to hear, guys that we should interview, just some kind of themes and stuff moving forward. So I want to get some listener feedback um, on Twitter. You can send me a message. Again, that's at Gaucho9Podcast on Twitter. I want to make this as interactive as possible uh, moving forward, and that involves the listeners as well. And I've gotten great feedback from from my friends and my family and the people that I've interviewed, uh, but most likely that's you know just them being nice. So I do want some feedback and send some rhetoric as we talk about the gauchos and what we can incorporate moving forward. So with that being said, go follow the pod on Twitter. You can also follow the pod on Instagram and follow the gauchos, the baseball page on Instagram and Twitter. We're putting some stuff out for the fall introducing the new players coming in for the 2021 season. Um, So exciting stuff down the road. So that'll do it for this week. Next week, we'll have Dominic Mazza, who has a a great story to tell. Actually, a couple of them. So that will be next Tuesday with Dom. And until then, go Gauchos, and uh, talk to you next week.